It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And just after 5 o'clock, it is time for Not My Beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not My Beat. Our pleasure to welcome in Cordell Woodland. Covers the Ravens for 105.7 game hosts our odyssey sister podcast up there covering the ravens as well cordell welcome back to the show bro how are you appreciate you having me absolutely always great to have you uh on the show and i know you're a big commanders fan so you've you've got like a double eye on this coaching search so um let's let's give the people what they want let's start there let's start with the coaching search uh and the two candidates that you have in house in baltimore uh and then we'll get to the afc championship game but Mike McDonald, Anthony Weaver. Like, how would you describe both men? Because I think they have an interesting split of responsibilities uh, in terms of what they do with the Ravens. Weaver is the D-line coach, but also assistant head coach. Uh, so he's got that really elevated title, but McDonald's the coordinator. So how have you kind of tracked both men and their time in Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, uh, first with Anthony Weaver, you know, I think he's a guy that has a lot of respect, not only in the organization, but around the league. You know, he knows how things work. Like you said, he's the assistant head coach of the team, but, you know, he's done a tremendous job with that defensive line. He know, you know, he's been a part of defenses around the league. So, you know, he's a guy that I, I, I'm not surprised is very interested in becoming a head coach. I think that's something that he's wanted to do for a while. Um, and, you know, being a part of this Ravens organization and the things that they're doing, especially this year, it's kind of easy for his name to to start getting out there. And really, it's the same for Mike McDonald. He's a little bit of a different case because he's younger. You know, he doesn't have as much of the longevity in the league that Anthony Weaver does. But, man, I mean, Mike McDonald's definitely one of the more young, the one of the more brightest uh, young coaches in the NFL right now. I think he's the best defensive coordinator in football right now with, you know, the the scheme that he has and how he's been able to pretty much get the most out of every player that has stepped on the field on the defensive side of the ball. I think he'd be a tremendous head coach. I think his preparation is kind of second to none. That's really what stands out to me about Mike McDonald when he's prepared and he usually is, he's able to go out there and, and put together um, a, a pretty good performance. So, yeah, I'm curious to see if, you know, how it all shakes out just like everybody else is. Um, but I, I don't think any team, any team could really go wrong with uh, either of these guys. Yeah. When it comes to McDonald, like, I, you know, I, I've obviously done a lot of research on, on Ben Johnson, a lot of these other guys and McDonald too. Um, he's been a little bit more of a mystery, which is why I was looking forward to have you on. But I started asking around with Johnson earlier in the year, like clearly schematically we can see the results, but does he have it? Is he the dynamic leader? And it's like, yeah, no, he's the real deal for McDonald. Like what's the story on him? We see the results on the field. Like we see the resume in that way. How do you think the interview goes? What, what is he like as a guy? I would imagine he's pretty good as an interviewer. You know, he's uh, like I said, he's very well prepared, which is a a big step in any interview uh, that you go into. But, you know, he has a way of he, he's not a guy that's going to talk in circles and beat around the bush. He He's, he's going to get straight to it. And I think, it, you know, when you look at the defense on the field, I, I think they're, you know, their ability to be the best defense in football this year is kind of a byproduct of how easy it is for people to kind of 
understand what Mike McDonald is saying. It's, right. it, you know, it's, it, it's one, it's like the slogan of, you know, you could say all, you could drop all these gems to people, but it means nothing if they're not picking it up. So it, it, the, the players on defense always talk about their rules. They have rules within the scheme that they have to follow. If an offensive player does this, the rules tell them since you're in this spot, you're to do that. And, he we brought that up to him when we spoke to him uh on Thursday and he you know he was like you know it brought a smile to his face he was like that's good that means that you know they know where they're supposed to be they're picking right, up on right. what I'm saying and it's not like he's just talking to a wall so I, I think that's what you're looking for out of a head coach especially if we're talking about the commanders you know that that's a team that that needs somebody that they can not only follow behind as their leader but somebody that when they speak, it resonates to them. They they understand what he wants. And when you understand what somebody wants, you're able to then go out there and, and you know, give them what they're looking for. So I, I think Mike McDonald would be a great head coach. I, I definitely believe he's a leader of men. It's, it's a nice mixture of veterans and young guys on this defense. And you won't find anybody that'll say a bad word about him. Cordell Woodland is with us, covers the Ravens for 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. So my, my one big question I would have for McDonald in the interview is what's your staff look like? Because he's been in the Ravens organization his entire career. He doesn't have the diversity that some of the other candidates have. Something that was so appealing about a guy like Raheem Morris, obviously now going to Atlanta, is like, that dude's staff's going to be sick yeah. because he knows everyone. McDonald's been in this one Harbaugh you know, bubble, whether it's uh, John or Jim, the one year he spent in Michigan. How would, how do you think that he would piece together a staff as a head coach, and especially uh, for a team, if it's Washington, that's going to have a young quarterback uh, probably with that number two pick and that OC hire becomes incredibly important? Yeah, that that's a good question, to be honest with you. And, you know, it's tough to answer considering, you know, he's in, in coach years, he's like a baby in the NFL. Right. You know, right. he, he doesn't have a lot of longevity, so he hasn't had – the opportunities to kind of build that coaching pipeline. Um, and so, you know, it, it would, if it was a situation where, you know, for instance, if Joey Ortiz had gotten the GM job with the commanders or something like that, and then Mike McDonald comes in. Okay. Now, now you could start to have a little bit of a better idea of what the coordinators would look like because Ortiz coming, you, you have a little bit more of that, that Ravens lineage, but look, I don't expect if, if McDonald gets a job, I don't expect Todd Monken to follow him. Uh, Denard Wilson, the DB coach, he's, I'm sure a lot of teams are probably going to be interested in him as a defensive coordinator. Um, so as much as I would love to say that, uh, that Mike McDonald would like to bring him with them, realistically, if Mike McDonald leaves, I think Denard Wilson will probably be the next in line for the Ravens defensive coordinator job. So it, it, the, it becomes slim pickings after a while. So I would imagine maybe he'll try to touch base with some of his guys from back at Michigan, you know, when he was out there a couple of years ago. Um, maybe he'll touch, you know, talk to John Harbaugh and some of those guys and see what coaches they have interest in because he's such a young coach in itself. But then when you mirror that with, you know, him not being an NFL coordinator, but for so long, it's kind of tough to imagine who he'd want to bring with him. Yeah, all of a sudden I'm back a year ago when we were having arguments on this radio show with fans uh, and listeners about uh, about Greg Roman. Like, are we in that boat again? Does you know all of a sudden does EB staying become more appealing to to McDonald? Like, there's so many questions I have there. Yeah. You know, it's a question he's going to get asked 
I don't expect anyone to really know the answer except for him. I just know that if he doesn't have a good answer, he's got no shot. Uh, and right. that he will know going into next year when he will certainly be a hot candidate again. All right. Uh, Cordell Woodland is with us talking Ravens uh, adjacent things in terms of the coaches that are candidates here in Washington. But let's get to the game itself. And it sounds like the Ravens had a great week uh, because they got a ton of their stars back. All of a sudden, are we looking at a full strength Ravens team pretty much to, ready to host the Chiefs from an injury standpoint? Mark Andrews and others returning for Baltimore. It looks like it. I mean, they had a full, they had all 53 guys on the field today, um, which is about as much as you could ask for going into the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when you think about where the Ravens have been over the last couple of years and the injuries that they've dealt with over the past two seasons that quite honestly completely derailed their season. When Lamar Jackson went down each of the last two years, the Ravens were at the top of the AFC North at the time. So, um, to see them healthy right now, you're, you're you're getting to see how good this team truly can be. So, yeah, this week was really good for them. Like you mentioned, they activated Mark Andrews off of IR. We spoke to him today. He He's all the way ready to go for Sunday. And another good one is Marlon Humphrey, um, who's been, you know, he got, he got injured, I want to say, in that Dolphins game towards the back end of the season. And over the last couple of weeks, he hasn't done much practice-wise, but he did return to practice this week. Today, he logged his first full participation in practice in, in almost a month. So that's a huge step for him. So it looks like they'll have all hands on deck come Sunday. And obviously, you know, they're going up against Mahomes and those guys who are very well used to playing this time of year. So they'll need everybody to, to win that game. Uh, Cordell, how surprised are you that we're here with Baltimore hosting this game? And I'm, I'm not going to put you like, yeah, so a month ago, duh, they've been awesome all year. But like, I guess almost when in this season did you go like, wow, this team is for real? Or did you have this feeling that they could be this good back in, in the summer? I mean, to be honest with you, you you always have the idea that Baltimore can be in it as long as number eight is on the field. I mean, Lamar is just such a difference maker for them. As long as he's available, you know, obviously within reason <laughs> compared to who else is left out, whoever, whoever else may be missing. But he gives them a chance every time he's out there. So I knew they'd be a good team. Um, but in terms of when I've started to feel like they'd be here, I'd say, I mean, the, what they did to the Lions and the Seahawks was definitely, you know, impressive. Um, but you you still had a little bit of a reservation because it's like, all right, it's Detroit. You know, how much are we really buying Detroit at that time? As good as they looked, it was still reasons to kind of, fight that optimism and and look Seattle didn't even end up making the postseason uh when it was all said and done so for me I'd probably have to say Christmas night when they went out to San Francisco and completely beat the brakes off the Niners and then follow that up by dominating the Dolphins right after that I mean it, it really started to feel like okay nobody can really hang with this team when they're on their A game and I think you got to see it a little bit last week as well they go into halftime tied at 10 with Houston but then that second half they outscore the Texans 24 to nothing and completely leave them behind what is Todd Munkin brought uh that has gotten Lamar back I mean look he won an MVP under Roman but he's this this MVP Lamar is better than that one what has Munkin been able to unlock for him and that offense it's it's funny you say that because I've kind of been struggling with you know the whole comparison of this year's Lamar versus 2019 Lamar. And 
I mean, I, I agree. I think in some aspects he is better. I, I, I try, I've come around to saying I think he's more mature right mm -hmm. now. His game has matured. His game has become a little is, – is more fine-tuned right now. And so I think in 2019, Lamar had more of that wow factor. He gave us more wow plays, mainly with his legs that year. And this year he's just found a different way to do it. And I think Todd Munkin has empowered Lamar first and foremost – um, Lamar wants to be a great quarterback, and I think he kind of capped out with Greg Roman. Um, I think, you know, Greg Roman was a guy that was cut and dry. He calls a play. He wants you to go out there and run it, whereas now with Todd Munkin, Lamar has all the control in this offense. He has the ability to audible at the line, adjust protections, a hot route, whatever he wants to do, he can do it in this offense. So, I think Todd Munkin has not only empowered Lamar, but he's also challenged him. And that's what great players like. Great players want to be coached hard. They want to feel challenged. And I think Todd Munkin has walked in like, hey, Lamar, you, you say you want to be this great quarterback. You say you want to win a Super Bowl. You, you say you, you, know, you want to be thought of as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Well, I'm going to give you all the, you know, all the power in this offense to now go out there and do that. And I think you're seeing a guy in Lamar who – uh, appreciates his coach empowering him um, and pre appreciates the confidence that his coach has in him and health is works wonders when you're out there. Um, but, you know, I think for Lamar, this offense allowed him to go to the next level as a professional quarterback. Uh, Cordell Woodland covers the Ravens for one Oh five, seven. The fan is with us. Um, we heard all the rumblings and this is the kind of stuff that happens around contract time, especially the negatives come out because teams are trying to posture and blah, 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 blah. But there was like real consternation with how Lamar finished last season, not playing reports of teammates, not exactly psyched about it. It seems like everyone is so behind him and that it, he is a real leader. You know, uh, I think John Harbaugh pushed back a little bit on just how fiery the speech was at halftime last week. Yeah. But he clearly stepped up and said something that mattered to a lot of people. So what has that growth been like for Lamar this year as a leader now that he's got the contract and is the undisputed face of the organization, not just currently, but moving forward? Yeah, I think for him, it was just a huge weight off his shoulders. I mean, that contract, as crazy as this offseason was, is it's been a buildup to this past offseason. You know, the last couple of years, it's it's been that same conversation, but obviously it really hit its peak this past offseason when the team put the franchise tag on them and Lamar is asking for a trade. And, you know, like you said, there's just so many different uh, rumors swirling out there that you, you almost don't know what to believe. And I got to admit to a point, I felt like the relationship was fractured to where I didn't know if we'd see Lamar back in Baltimore with the Deshaun Watson contract kind of having an impact on contract discussions and, you know, the rumors of what Lamar's looking for. And like you said, how the back end of the season ended with him getting hurt and people making a big to do of him not traveling with the team and stuff. It, you didn't know what to expect, but um, I think for him, like I said, I, I think the contract getting done was a huge weight off his shoulders and it allowed him to go back to just focusing on football. And look, the Ravens have finally put together a halfway decent you know, a uh, uh, crew around him of receivers. I mean, Lamar has been playing with a lot of guys that either aren't on teams anymore, or if they are, they're buried on the depth chart. So it was good to see them go and draft as a flowers, go and get a Odell Beckham. Nelson Aguilar has been great for this offense this year. Isaiah likely who they drafted 
uh, last year in the draft has been excellent for them while Mark Andrews has been out. So his supporting cast has been great. And I think Lamar's uh, trust in those guys has gone up as well because now he doesn't feel like he has to be Superman on every single play. No doubt. Uh, just another minute or two with Cordell Woodland here previewing the AFC championship game from the Baltimore side of things. Uh, what scares you? Well, Mahomes, he's terrifying. Uh, but yeah. on, on a deeper level, uh, Baltimore has been so good. They've been so dominant. But if you're trying to pick apart where the Chiefs can attack offensively or defensively, what are the areas where like if Kansas City pulls the upset, it will be because X, Y and Z? Yeah, I think it I think it starts with the run game. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is a stud for them. I mean, he he runs, you know, he's probably What's your the, favorite Isaiah Pacheco meme description of how he runs? Oh, uh, well, you know, it's funny. I I heard him on his press conference. Uh, I guess this was from one day this week and he he actually mentioned a funny one where he said he saw one that said uh he runs like he eats people or he bites yes. people. Like yes. what? Who thinks of that? First of all. And I Hilarious. never, that, that never came to mind. Watching to which he responded. Was, I'm not a vampire. That's messed up. Right. Right. Like, as he said it, I'm like, I could see why people would say that, you know, <laughs> uh, but the dude runs like he hates the ground. I mean, yes. you talk about high knees, this dude, uh, you usually see people when they go through the high knee drill, kind of, you know, just ease their way through it. They're barely picking their legs up. This dude, when he's out running, there. oh my God, he's he's about to hit himself in the chin when he's running out there. So uh, the, the, the as great as this Ravens defense is, and they're the best defense in football, um, triple crown winner this year, they have an issue with stopping the run at times. And it's not just, you know, when teams are going to casually run the ball, it's when teams are willing to commit to the run. I'm talking 25, 30 plus carries a game. And when you run like Isaiah Pacheco, it does wear defenses down. Now I will say this Ravens defense is about as physical of a defense as you're going to find in the NFL. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and Kyle Hamilton. I mean, they live to tackle guys like Isaiah Pacheco. So I'm curious to see how that matchup goes, because I think if Isaiah Pacheco and Roquan Smith meet up head on head, you know, it, the stadium might shake, honestly, with those two dudes. So if there is a pathway for the Chiefs, I think their ability to run the football could end up um, being a huge success for them. No Joe Tooney in this game is obviously going to be a huge blow for them because the Ravens interior defensive line led by Justin Matabike um, is tremendous. And and I think the interior of that offensive line was the strength for the Chiefs, but without Joe Tooney, that, that's a huge blow. Uh, if people want more from you on this game, what's the best place to find it? Yeah, you can follow me on social media at Cordell Woodland. You can catch my show, Shaking It Up Sports, on 105.7 The Fan on weeknights. Uh, you can check me out either in the ready, on the radio or if you download the Odyssey app, you can hear me on there. I also do an Odyssey podcast with my co-host Rita Hubbard, the Win and Drive podcast. You can download that anywhere you get podcasts from. Beautiful. Excellent stuff, Cordell. Always great to have you on the show. Uh, obviously, the Ravens win. We'll have to have you back. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. If, if they win, are you headed out to Vegas? I will be. So I'm, I'm silently rooting. I'm silently yeah. rooting for them. Oh, you're, you can loudly root for yourself. I think that is perfectly allowable. All right. Well, right. Uh, if that happens, uh, we're taking the show out there. So we'll see you out in Vegas. Nice. Nice. I'll definitely see you. All right, that is Cordell Woodland with us, everybody, here on the Hoffman Show. When we get back, we will continue to preview uh, this game, and we will also get into the NFC Championship game. Anthony and I will pick it 
Hopefully we'll pick it correctly. Will we see be seeing Cordell in Las Vegas? That is really the question we are asking. The answer next. <laughs> 